Karen Stiles, and this is the Intentional Career Podcast. I talk to all kinds of people who take all kinds of paths to work they love. I'm a career and life coach and owner of Flow and Fire Coaching. If you're ready to create your intentional career with the support of a coach, schedule a call with me. There's a link in the show notes, or you can go to intentionalcareer.co and click the blue schedule a call button. Today, my guest is Nisha Harichandran. Nisha is a business storyteller, caption, and content writer. She has 15 years' experience as a lawyer and simplifying complex material in a clear and easy way to understand is her superpower. Writing is her passion, and she loves to write a variety of pieces for diverse businesses. She got a fresh start in 2020 when she moved to Cardiff, Wales, and decided to pursue writing full-time. Her blog, Bohemian Crossing, is a book club for her readers, and Bohem Notes has a vision to empower businesses to share their stories. Welcome, Nisha. I'm so glad to have you here. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. We met on Instagram, right? That was fun. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a celebration of connections, isn't it? Like attracts like, and you know, you send out this message to the universe, like, I've got the story to tell and somebody, please hear me out. And there you were, just opened your doors and welcomed me. So thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> I got a DM and I thought, this is really interesting. So your story really intrigued me because you mentioned you were a lawyer for 15 years and then you yeah. moved your whole life to Wales and started writing full time. So let's go back to your career as a lawyer. Maybe tell us what life was like there and and how did how was it that you started to get the sense that things needed to change? You know, Karen, it all started in Wales actually. Oh. 15, 18 years ago. So inspired by all the Enid Blyton books that I read as a child, I always craved this adventure and living in boarding school, I know. It's just uh, exploration. And I'd applied for my university education to do my undergraduate studies. And there was a position offered at the Cardiff University. So I'd come here and uh, pursued my undergraduate degree. So it all started in Wales. Mm-hmm. And where were you before that? In Malaysia. I'm born and brought up in Malaysia. So this tropical child, sunshine loving angel. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> who doesn't really stay much in the sun in Malaysia because it's so humid. Okay. And I wanted this adventure and my parents said, okay. And my dad, um, a little bit of tough love. He said, okay, on one condition, you are going, but you're completing your studies and then coming back. There's no running back and forth for every summer vacation or winter holidays like you know make the most of it and I was like yeah thank you (laughs) I'm just gonna go all out explore learn and um, Cardiff was such a welcoming city a bit more relaxed in terms of pace wise compared to some of the bigger cities it's a university city in a way and it was so welcoming so this is where I spent my three years as an undergraduate I went on to London and completed my bar vocational course and got called to Lincoln's Inn, which is uh, one of the oldest inns in the UK. And I went back to Malaysia after that and completed my pupillage, which is your 12-month uh, training, sort of like an articleship. 
and got my status, you know, sort of as a practicing lawyer. Um, law was fun, I would say. You don't really get those um, interesting, exciting clients or the drama that you see in uh, the legal dramas, I would say. So <laughs> don't be disillusioned by Ali McBeal. There's no Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and what kind of law did you practice? I did more commercial law. So during my internship, I tried a variety of things. And then I realized commercial was more my space because it was always a discussion between two companies and trying to resolve that. I really enjoyed my legal career. It took me to many countries. I practiced in India. And then thereafter, I also joined in-house and worked as a lawyer there. So from the opposite side, from one sort of litigating matters to one advising on the business side of things. And my last posting was in Bangkok for Telenor, a Norwegian telecommunications company, and I was overseeing their governance matters. So yeah, a lawyer, but there was always this writer within me. Because anytime somebody asked, what is your dream job? What do you want to do? Like, you know, where do you want to go? Like, where do you see yourself if you didn't have this law degree? And I'm like, oh, I want to be a writer. Wait, so it, were people asking you that? Like, you're if you're a lawyer, a corporate lawyer in various countries, who was asking you that? Were people asking you what your dream job is? It was in conversations, you know, with friends when you do these like um, little icebreakers and or you tend to do little tests online or just chats about it. And um, as a lawyer, writing is part of your daily job. You're all writing. And I also furthered uh, um, this area by authoring sort of publications for organizations. So you do like little how-to guides, trainings. I was involved in a lot of training presentations and preparation. And all of that is writing. It's just positioning different pieces of communication. And when you work with a diverse platform or across borders and countries, you're always communicating in a way that people need to understand. And sometimes it's saying the same message in 10 or 12 different ways. Because you've got to translate it in a way that suits your audience. Yeah. Or even in a, in a corporate job, when you speak to a director, you're adopting a very different tone of voice as opposed to an employee doing customer service matters. So writing communication was always just kind of interwoven, but the writer in me always woke up every now and then and said, yes, writing is a dream job. And what did you want to write? I didn't know at that time what I wanted to write. I just knew I wanted to write. So it was always this little voice inside me urging me about writing. And um, I can't remember who, but somebody suggested, why don't you explore it in a safe space? Like, you know, try blogging or something. Like put it out there. Then I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea and really sensible because it could be just something that I enjoyed, but whether I could do it full time and then secondly, whether people kind of enjoyed reading what I wrote. Yeah. So that's how Bohemian Crossing, the blog was born. Mm. And I took it as my journey from a caterpillar to a butterfly as part of my own transformation. Mm. And uh, Bohemian was inspired by a personality of, my, of me, actually, just sort of free-spirited and just kind of enjoying going with the flow, meeting people. So that's how I took the journey. Like, let me write about my own growth and the people and experiences that I encounter and take that from there. So that's how blogging started as a safe space. Amazing. 
at that point, you knew you wanted to be a writer, kind of taking these little steps to actually start to do the thing that you wanted to do. And then how did that come about as a full-on career change? Full-on career change was because of love. So I (laughs) married a guy from Wales, from Cardiff. And uh, we'd been doing long distance for a couple of years and, you know, literally kind of just reporting for duty as husband and wife because Malaysia or Bangkok was like six, seven hours ahead. So it'll be, yes, hello, husband, hello, wife. And then we'll talk again later. So it just made sense for both of us to be in the same space. And the adventure streak in me said, yeah, why not? I'll move then. (laughs) So it was literally just after months of trying or years of trying saying that okay i will i will move and relocate it and uh, i think coming back just starting and maybe turning 40 last year was just a lot of awakening reflections you know how long are you going to bury this voice inside of you that keeps calling out to be a writer so i started doing my blogging a little bit more seriously so that's how it started And uh, I joined the Cardiff Writers Circle, which is a little network in Cardiff. And they were so supportive because everybody just listened when you read out a piece. They gave you feedback. And it was another sanctuary, I would say, that I found. I worked with another friend on a freelance basis where we trialed out a project. She was doing a project about interviewing people in Cardiff. So we went around doing stories and I kind of immersed myself into that role to see is this something that I was going to grow. And COVID happened. So the job market wasn't steady either. I had just seen the headhunter before the lockdown was announced. So there was no chance of uh, any jobs coming through. So, So, okay, what point in time is this? Like you had moved back to Cardiff? I had moved in February, February of 2020. With plans to get a lawyer job in Cardiff? Sort of exploring. I was looking into like training more than doing full-time commercial law. So I was looking into training as an option. And then lockdown happened in March. So it was, uh, okay, let's just trial out these couple of things in between. And then I think my birthday is in October. So I set a deadline. I was like, I got to make up my mind. And uh, 15th. September, just a month before my birthday, I said, okay, Bohem Notes is launched. <laughs> and yes. that's how I just made my decision right. to go on as a sole trader and offer this content writing support business. Okay. And so you kind of drew a line in the sand and said like, this is my new career now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So tell us about Bohem Notes. Bohem Notes is really a vision I feel it's such a fulfilling mission or my soul's calling, I would say, that's just come about. And um, the whole vision behind it is to empower people to share their stories Mm. because stories are just all around us. It's in our day to day, but a lot of it gets buried in like to-do lists or tasks and then forgotten. And if you could have another pair of hands with you to help you author that stories. It just lives forever in any medium and it can reach so many people. So that was my uh, inspiration behind setting up Bohem Notes. And can you explain for our listeners, what are the stories? Because you focused on 
Is it 12 stories? Yes. Yes, that's my latest project. It's called Growing in Lockdown. Oh. Real Stories by Real Women. And um, lockdown has taken, what, 18 months of our life. We woke up one day and it was just a whole new world. And so much has happened. And um, as the world was also opening up, I started seeing photographs of people just racing everywhere catching up for lost time. And on the one hand, I was excited that we were moving to a new normal or to life as we now know it to be. But on the other hand, it was like so much happened during these 18 months. We looked at life so very differently. Are we just going to just lose all of that magic while we run through? And my brother, Hari, he said, you know, you've got to write something about it. You know, if you feel so strongly about it, you've got to write something about it. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to do it. And uh, that's how this whole project started, about uh, having a compendium of stories that people can relate to and refer to. And why I chose 12 is because you have 12 months in your calendar and also 12 faces on your clock dial. So each time you turn in or... If you lose yourself somewhere, you always have this uh, place to refer to. And uh, Growing in Lockdown was born out of that. So reaching out to women across the world who had grown so soulfully and sensationally during this period anchored me also in my own self-growth because they had just disconnected my borders. Most of them didn't know each other, but they were bonded through their own self-belief and spirit and confidence and just how they nurtured themselves and reconnected with themselves during this period and kind of taking it to another turn. So just anchoring all those stories in Bohemian Crossing blog was just a brilliant project. Mm. And how did these women find you or how did you find them? I found them. So some of whom were already in my network and some I reached out like the way I reached out to you, Karen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. And said, do you want to do this? You know, I think this is going to be great. I sent them a form and I was so thrilled with the response that I received and how they just opened up um, to another person and just shared this personal story in the Mm -hmm. hope that it's going to reach many other people and inspire and engage them towards their own growth. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's really beautiful. So tell me about what it's like for you now that you are into this new career, a year, I guess, 16, 17 months into a new career saying, you know, I've left law behind. I'm now a writer. How is your life different now? Life is um, different in the sense that I'm authoring my own script I feel I'm rewriting my story. Mm. You know, earlier, yes, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I've made excellent set of friends. It was wonderful experiences and uh, that I've grown. But I feel all of it was like a preparation leading me towards this journey. Because in terms of a lawyer, your skill set to distill, to analyze, to be so observant, they're so interwoven with the qualities of a writer in fact but just looking at it from from different lenses you know approaching people and just knocking on doors or even taking rejections in some of your submissions you you just build up that stamina and um, 
it was just it was just an amazing platform and now as a writer i just feel there's more independence i would say because i am doing the projects that i want to do i choose clients and i invest my time accordingly in that so it's that different nuance you know and um i would say the biggest change is juggling all the many hats i'm ceo cmo cfo everything all in one there's no steady paycheck that comes month on month that's more you know okay have we got a client have we not what are we going to do so and it's also balancing your own internal priorities but i would say it's fun it's engaging and it's great being a student again because there's so many different skill sets that you need in setting up your own business and uh, different people that you're also connected with as part of this journey so for example with this whole growing and lockdown project we conceived it sitting in a car while i was about to go cut my covid uh, bracelet out so i got covid exposure just oh. before returning to the uk wow and there we are debating this whole idea about you got to connect with people you got to write the story i come back i put it all down and we're like how are we going to take photographs people are sitting in mexico and us and denmark and you know how are we going to do this and my brother he's a portrait and a lifestyle photographer so he said okay we'll do a remote photo shoot let's let's do this let's explore facetime let's explore google duo and uh, let's make this work so i return and um, and you know it's your competing priorities but you also just have the sense of um, fulfillment mm-hmm. i think that's come across very strongly now you wake up you know you're doing this with purpose and um, at times yes when things beat you down but you still wake up and you wake up stronger you make the next word matter even more so when i was authoring these stories for these women and when my brother sent me these photographs it was like yes you know visual storytelling words just the power of it and putting it across to people yeah fulfillment is is the word mhm it's so interesting i wouldn't have made the obvious connection between what we in career development call transferable skills which kind of sounds like a boring term to be honest but when you talked about it like you're like oh yeah i, I observe people like distill yes. information and and it's so clear to you how the connection is made between those two careers. I'm curious, did you have any pushback? Was there anyone in your life that was like you can't be a writer or did you have any of that resistance from people around you? It would just be the voice in my own head. Right. You know. Which is the biggest one to deal which with? Which is the voice you know you don't really need another person outside of you because this radio is playing 24/7 <laughs> oh i this know it self, this self talk i mean karen you know loads loads about it this self talk is so powerful what you want to and not listen and when i wasn't getting clients in the beginning or you know no responses from any submissions you're like really are you really meant to you know are you really cut out for this And then there's one nod, there's one like, there's one heart that comes in. You're like, yes, of course they like my work. I like my work. But irrespective of all of this, it's fine tuning the self talk in your head because you got to believe yourself first before somebody else believes in you. 
Mm. So if you start doubting yourself and if other people continue to add to that sentiment, it's kind of like a downward hill slope. Mm. But there will be days you just have to pick yourself up. Yeah. It's something that as a coach, I work on coaching myself. It's definitely something I work with my clients. You have to do that thought work. Do you have an example of, you know, you said that radio was playing. Do you have an example of one of those limiting beliefs maybe that you struggled with and how you dealt with it? In terms of do people like my work? Mm. Um, Do they like what I'm putting out there? Do they like my stories? So, you know, taking on this Growing in Lockdown series, for example, when you send out these questionnaires, it's like, are people going to respond to it? Are they going to connect with it? Um, Are people even going to read this? You know, Mm -hmm. this is something that we just started and, you know, where does it take? And especially when you're like, okay, I need to clock my 12 stories and my 12 stories are not coming together. How am I going to do this? And then you're like, no, it is going to turn up. You, you just got to take these little breaks in between. And I think in one of my stories, um, Nurul, who is a decorated member in both the Malaysian civil service and abroad, she talks about positivity pauses or positivity breaks mm. where you just kind of disconnect with what you're doing so that you rebalance yourself with your ecosystem And then Marissa brings this beautiful theory about not following anybody's timeline. You know, just go at your own pace. So when I kind of read back these stories to myself, I'm like, yes, you know, this is the kind of thing that you just embed back into your body, through your own thought programming and saying, yeah, there's there's really no timetable. You're self-imposing a lot of things on yourself without realizing all the other achievements that you've made along the way. So it's just kind of taking stock, maybe readjusting and seeing that you're on a different path and acknowledging all these other achievements. So Anjali talks about the power of truly being present, like right here in the now. We are so used to running. I am a to-do list, you know. I love going checking on one list after the next. So much so you forget what you've done before or what you've done after. And you tend to wrestle with that process of maybe I didn't achieve enough. And she said with all of this happening in lockdown, she said it just reminded you to always come back to the now. The power of the now was just so important. And that's what lockdown taught us as well. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like as you were telling the stories of these women their messages were very important to you as well. Because reconnecting with themselves was one of the biggest lessons that I took out as a biggest takeaway from the whole growing in lockdown, because you got to reconnect with yourself first before you start with another person. Mm. Same thing with the airlines, right? Strap yourself first before you strap. Mm-hmm. The, the oxygen person. mask. Everything. You first, me first. It may sound selfish, but it isn't. Because if you are in the best space, only then you can give out your best. So when I do fall short of uh, myself or if there's any self-talk playing that doesn't serve me, I tune back into these messages. Or I just disconnect with whatever it is that I'm doing at that moment, even if it's a sip of water or just a walk to the garden, just to break state so that I don't dwell or engage or prolong that discussion for a longer time. So just a change of scene 
to reset myself and my patterns. How do you go about it, Karen? When I'm dealing with negativity? Yeah. Um, or this radio that's in your head. <laughs> the biggest thing I do is writing, writing it down and getting it out of my head and onto a page. And right. there's something about... Because sometimes the thoughts swirl really fast, so it slows your brain down a little bit. And this is definitely writing by hand. And sometimes knowing what the thought is that's bugging me is really helpful. Um, And then it's a self-coaching practice. Oh, this is the thought that's making me feel bad. So this is the negative thought that's giving me a negative emotion. And then sometimes I'll use different coaching tools, but looking for different options, Mm. looking for... What's another thought that I could think? Exactly. Reframing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's another option that will be more helpful and you're building those neural pathways so that you're thinking in a different way. And um, even this week, I've been doing it a lot. I I think I, I go through phases. I don't know. Probably other people are like this too, where I'm writing more every day this week and it's really helping me, um, get out of a funk <laughs> that I've been. It's a, it's a great process to empty out, you know, because when you write and like you said, putting pen to paper, you're mm-hmm. kind of just filtering it out of your system. Yeah. So even physically or just um, when you look at it, you're kind of just emptying, you're getting it out. Releasing. You're carrying that with you through the day. So even a couple of lines a day really helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have found it really helpful even even when we start out by going like I don't know what I'm writing it's still something helpful and I I find that I always go to you know a journal when I'm when I'm feeling stuck or whatever and it always helps there's always something and likewise just to top yourself back up with the good stuff is just making a note of all the little significant achievements that you do during the day even if it's like walking at like you know a quarter speed faster than what you did yesterday or baking a cake for example all of these are little achievements so at least when you have something to it's something for you to reflect on you know it's like little juice you you're fueling yourself up with all the good stuff because on the one side you're emptying yes but then you're also refueling up and it's really powerful this practice Mm -hmm. yeah I've been doing that too because it's really easy to look at the to-do list of all the things I didn't do yet. So I've tried to pay more attention to, okay, I did do that thing. I did schedule some social media. I made a phone call I needed to make or whatever. And you're right. I think it's really powerful to to just say, oh yeah, I'm going to recognize myself for the things that I did do. Yes. Not just the things that I need to do. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm curious, is there anything in particular that helped you kind of make that change or transition in your career. It sounds like you're a pretty positive thinker or you've built up those habits to um, mitigate when the negative radio is playing. What are the things that helped you on your journey with this transition, whether that's, I don't know, books or mentors or coaches or advice? I think I would say start with yourself first to know whether you're really ready because I've been dipping my toes in the water for quite some time, you know, sort of starting, pulling back, starting, pulling back, maybe just going a little bit further. But this voice inside me was just nagging, really nagging, you know, (laughs) like, are you really going to do this? Why do you keep saying these things if you're not going to do it? So I think the move helped 
because it was like, okay, it's a fresh page. I have to start everything from scratch, from even opening a bank account. So why not a career? Why not? Why not? You know, it's like going into the shop and trying on a new dress. You got to try, you got to see, explore. You're making new friends, new connections. So just take this opportunity, uh, relax a little bit. Things may not work as per the schedule that you wanted, but kind of just go with the flow. So that's how I developed a program, which essentially was for myself, but it was called Flow in Five. Okay. Tell me more. Because it sounds so much like my business name, Flow in Fire. (laughs) Exactly. That's (laughs) what I was I know. (laughs) I'm so, I'm perking up right now. Okay. Tell me more. It was called Flow in Five because... It's it's overwhelming with the amount of information that's available out there that you don't really know where to start. So the best place to start is here with yourself. Yes. So I call it the soul searching, where you really go in and dig deep and find out what is it that you want to do, why you want to do certain things. So example with writing, what kind of material that I want to write, what's my vision. So the five was essentially taking either five minutes or breaking down a thought into five hmm. so that you don't just stop with one or three, but you have options, basically. That was the whole idea that you create yourself options. And when you have something and you've broken it down to five, maybe see if you can break it down a little bit more. Because the whole idea is we work smart. So we don't have to write the same content five times, but maybe just think of five different users for the same content. So that's how it started. So it goes with searching your soul so that you know where you're starting. And then it goes to ideation, which is like a playground because you've got so many ideas, kind of just throw it all out there. And when you get overwhelmed, move to stage three, which is prioritize. So I designed sort of a pyramid concept so that you can put from important to least important, you know what tasks to schedule, what you can delegate, what you can seek support, And what you can do to work with other artists in your area or other creatives. So you can even collaborate and work with the community. And then the last two steps was about self-care. One was for your work, because it's not that you just write something and you press publish. There's a lot of editing that needs to go on. And you've got to invest a little bit of time in that too. And care for yourself, because you've got to sustain this thing day in, day out. How are you going to manage a balanced relationship both with yourself personally and also professionally? So that was a whole flow in five concept. And um, that started, my mom is my biggest cheerleader. Um, So she's always encouraging. Both my parents are positive thinking, always inspiring. They said, okay, if you feel this is it and go with your gut, you know, and we're here, we support you. My husband was very understanding. He said, okay, if this is something you really want to do, you know, go all out, give it a go. So I had a lot of uh, supporters Mm -hmm. around me, cheering me on in this journey. And, um, but what I want to come back to is as much support that you get outside, it is great because you have this wall around you. But if your internal support system is crumbling, it's not a good sign. So you've got to always make sure that you fill up and you keep believing in this journey as much as they are as well and um, connect connect with the community you know just find 
supportive networks around you where you can reach out and learn from others. You don't really have to reinvent the wheel. There's just Mm -hmm. so much out there already. So learn from people, you know, read up, read books. And I like this book by um, Marie Marie Folio, Mm -hmm. where she says, everything is figureoutable. Yeah. You know, you're not going to come crash landing. It's not the end of the world. The earth is not going to open up and swallow you. There is going to be a solution. So don't freak out. <laughs> or if you need to freak out, freak out for that little moment, but just come back and figure it out. So it's these kind of things that kind of help me. And finding a tribe in um, that you can lean on to. So there is the Small Business Huddle in UK, which is organized by Shannon of Mockingbird Makes. And she brings together uh, women small businesses in the UK or on a weekly basis where they discuss, share ideas, check in. And if they have something that they want to promote or talk about in their sales offer, they do that too. So it's kind of just finding these people along the way and uh, building that anchor and that support so that you can journey on. So the internal and the external Mm. sources of support, inspiration, all of those things. It's so important. I think this this nurture, nature, everything kind of coming together. Yeah. And uh, and just keep keep going. You know, you fall, never mind. Pick yourself up, dust it down, take a break, even. You know, take a break. You don't have to rush to get everything done today or tomorrow. It can be, you know, next week or next month or next year. And sometimes Maybe you launch a product or a course and it doesn't get the uptake that you think it deserves, or but maybe it's not the right time. Or maybe you have assumed too many things that, you know, uh, people may want to hear. So just kind of reflect back and, you know, tag back and restart again. Mm-hmm. It's tough, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about your career crush or crushes. Who is it that's? inspiring oh, yeah so Marie Folio is one I think the moment she said everything is figure out a bill I'm like why didn't I think of that why do we keep stressing so much about all these things when you know you can figure stuff out so she's been a huge inspiration in terms of how she talks on her social media or just how empowering she is as a as a leader as a writer in in her words and of course the iconic Oprah mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. she can just talk about anything and just swing it with so much confidence that you just want to go out and talk to. So mm-hmm. even now, before joining your podcast, I was like, okay, I need some inspiration here. So let's watch some Oprah. Just putting that in the background, just kind of absorbing her energy, her vibes, and just how how confident she is and how relaxed she is as she talks to everyone. Yeah. And how socially aware she is, you know. So it was just it was just tuning into that. I just played it in the background and I said, okay, Oprah bless me. <laughs> <laughs> Sending up a prayer to Saint Oprah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the next phase is I want to do more speaking engagements. Oh. You know, I want to talk, I want to communicate more about my project. So you got to tune in to different people to see how they go about it. You got to find these role models. And see, so yeah, these two definitely come up to mind very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) 
What would you tell your past self, the past self who wanted to be a writer? What would you say to that person who who was maybe concerned or not quite ready? I'll tell her you did it, girl. And keep going. I mean, just look at the voices, look at the messages and the people that you've inspired through these stories. Look at the connections that you have built and the stories that you've shared and the power in those stories. And a purpose, you found a purpose because Bohemian Crossing blog was a journey, was my own little journey, you know, caterpillar to a butterfly growing, people whom I met, experiences. But with producing this whole growing in lockdown series, 12 stories, real stories by real women has just given me another set of inspiration on taking the series longer. Mm. So I'm extending to a new series in September called Entrepreneur Your Life. Because from growing in lockdown, you're now entrepreneuring your life into this set of new normal. Mm. So I'll be doing another set of 12 stories starting uh, September onwards. Exciting. So I'm excited. So I'll tell my my younger self that it's an exciting journey. And thank you. Thank you for, for having the faith in me. Thank you for continuously putting these voices in my head because you pushed me in a way to come out of my comfort zone. You really pushed me into the ocean. Mm. Oh, I love that. So you don't need to give your former self advice. You're just saying thank you to her for making it happen, for taking the steps. You nagged me so much. (laughs) You nagged me, you know, for for not being able to take this this leap of faith. And as a result, I see a, a new me or newer versions of me. And I love the only two, but there's just so much of that and the new that has just evolved. So it's, it's exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So speaking is in your future. Another writing series is in your future. Um, what else is on the horizon for you? Oh, I would love to do a book. At some point, Uh, there's so many little bits and bobs that have been written, but it's one little project at a time. So that's definitely something I would like. But for now, more speaking engagements, opportunities that way and kind of growing the readership. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Well, that's wonderful. I, I loved hearing about your career, how you made this big change and how you are loving your life. I wish people could see your face because you're just glowing as you talk about what you do. And I think that's such a gift. And hopefully that encourages folks to, you know, follow the voice that's in their head. Do you have advice for people who, who might be, you know, they have an idea and they're trying to put their toe in the water? What, what words of wisdom would you share with them? Just make a start, you know, find that safe space, make a start. However small, however little, don't ridicule yourself, but just make a start. Because I took years before I decided to finally go in it. And don't lose that time because Mm. it's so precious and it's not coming back. Mm. So make yourself happy. It's your concert. It's your show. You know, just go on and rock it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I would also say, I just want to point out, it's okay if you take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Just to kind of disagree, like to say, like, even if you feel like you took your time, you're still experiencing what you want. So that's also fantastic. It's a journey, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's all a journey. And 
And at times, all these experiences just give you extra muscle power as you take on a new turn. Mm -hmm. So whatever that you're going through, it all just adds up. So never doubt that or never discredit things that you have done because it all adds up and you lean on to all these things as you grow through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you. And everybody, please do read my series, Growing in Lockdown, Real Stories by Real Women at Bohemian Crossing blog. Yes, we will link it in the show notes. Thank you. And thank you for having me. quick word to listeners that will be taking a short break from our regular release schedule in order to enjoy the rest of the summer. I'll be back with more episodes of the Intentional Career Podcast in the fall. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much that you chose to spend part of your day with me. If you enjoyed this episode, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. It helps other people find the podcast, and my hope is that if more people find the Intentional Career Podcast, then more people can create their own intentional careers. If you're ready to create your intentional career with the support of a coach, schedule a call with me. There's a link in the show notes, or you can go to intentionalcareer.co and click the blue schedule a call button in the top right corner. Episodes of the podcast are released every second Wednesday, so I'll see you in two weeks for more of the Intentional Career Podcast.